raise a family, that they have some of the same opportunities that me and my wife. You agreed that they are, we need to see them as a terrorist organization. On a private cloud server, yes or no? To love country, to love God, and to try to do the right thing. Worked for the nation and the interests of the people. Welcome back to the Fresh Freedom Podcast. As you know, this is a podcast with the freedom-loving freshman members of the House of Representatives, where we provide you a behind-the-scenes look at what's happening in Congress. Today, I'm joined by my fellow conservative freshman members, Josh Burkeen from Oklahoma and Keith Self from Texas. And our special guest today is Ralph Norman from South Carolina. Ralph has served in the U.S. House since 2017. He's a husband, a father, and a grandfather to 17 grandchildren. So we are happy to have him with us today. Great to be with you, Eric. My well, honor. My, my first question is, can you name all 17 grandchildren? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to name them? <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't do the birthdays. My wife can do the names, the birthdays, and really anything else uh, with them. I've got four children. We're real prolific. My, uh, my middle daughter had six. My son had three. And my other two had four. Wow. We what can almost start a new party. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got enough to field... Uh... A basketball team for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's fun. They get along. We work them. We try to bring them up like we were brought up, which is you go to work, you serve your country, and try to try to do the right thing. And so, what did you do before politics? I'm a real estate developer. We started uh, as my father and I. We started residential uh, initially, and uh, I went to college, Presbyterian College, and then when I got out of college. Uh, Went to right to work with the firm, and it was a medium-sized company, but I I love the commercial end of it. Mm -hmm. So we started the I got my as a designation a CCIM, which just allows you to analyze commercial property, show your rate of return, and um, I could go to a McDonald's or Wendy's and know exactly what to pay for the land, and the deal to put together so that it yeah. made sense for us. And it, we just grew from there. We were lucky in a great, great state, South Carolina. People are moving in. I, I, we built a lot of houses during that time. We were general contractors and gradually got out of the house building business and into strip shopping centers. And what we're doing right now is hotels. Okay. That's great. Wow. So what what uh, caught you into politics? What <clears throat> Where, what was well, your red pill moment? You know, I'd always been involved uh, in the Chamber of Commerce and civic groups, JCs, the um, Rotaries, and I just liked the the people part of it. And we had, particularly with our commercial business, I just had rules and regulations that made no sense. That came down from not just the state but the federal government. So I said, "Wait, let me." Look at this. My my last child had graduated from college, and no one was. It was just my wife and I. And I said, "Well, most politicians have train wrecks for personal lives with their children. They're not there." And I just said, "Well, I'm on. When they graduated, I'm gonna make a run for the house, state house." And Nikki Haley and I came in at the same time in 2005 in the state House of Representatives. House of Representatives yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, I, I served. Josh, did you serve in the state house? That's some of my favorite times. You can you can actually get some things done 
in the state legislature. Well, you can, <laughs> and it was like you saw, you know, it's like sausage. You see it being made, and I was fascinated with it, and I enjoyed it. But you know, really, uh, I've always felt like that those who enter the political arena don't have to have it. In other words, mm-hmm. I took positions then, like we do now. If the only threat they can have is to send us back home yeah. or a challenger, do it. And that's that's my position that I have have had. And um, I've always wanted to come to Congress. I got beat. Uh, I ran. I served a term. They recruited me to run against a 24-year incumbent who had given great great service, but he was a liberal, and he was one of the big causes for this country. I mean, just voted for every spending package that we're facing now with members. So I ran and— uh, Against got, the incumbent? Against incumbent. What got, year was that, Ralph? That was a uh, year—17. Okay. Bad year for Republicans. I got 40-some percent of the vote, which I was—looking back, I was happy with. Defeat was real good for me, though. I mean, it makes you prioritize, and uh, I'm glad I got beat. I learned a lot. And you and it again. It's not something I had to have. He had given great constituent service, and that's what I. If you give constituent service, which mm-hmm. you know those of us in the Freedom Caucus, that's our. We do that for the most part. So uh, anyway, it was a good run. Then when Mick Mulvaney went to the OMB, I decided to run for run for his seat, and uh, tough election, but I won it. That's huh. great. Glad you're here. So Mike, it, was, it was vacant two years later, in 2019, and that's when— you, No, I ran in 17. I ran in the State House in 05. But, then but, I, you, but you ran for Congress, and you, I thought you got defeated. I did, and I stayed out. And then you ran again. They recruited me in the State House in 2010. I stayed out uh, in 7 and 8. I mean, I served one two-year term, 5 and 6. Then when I ran for Congress, I lost, so I stayed okay. out. For, okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah, back in the two thousands. So, the other question I have: you've you're very mild mannered, but but I think that what I pick up about you, just in a, just a year's time, is that you speak your mind and you're not afraid to speak your mind, and you do it in conference and that kind of thing. But you're always doing it very politely. Maybe that's the southern charm. But let me ask you: what's the maddest that you've been up here? What has gotten you madder than a hornet? These spending bills. I mean. I just uh, to what can you do when you're bankrupt? I ask most speeches <laughs> yeah. I, I have. If you're bankrupt, what can you do? And when you see the money going to places, particularly now, uh, the military is woke. We got a 35 percent decline in people joining the military. This climate change hoax. Um, you know, building FBI buildings, funding. Uh, you know, eight, what, 80,000 IRS aid. It's just insane. You couldn't run a business like that. And uh, that's really gotten to me. It's, it's a, uh, the, I guess the toughest vote recently was the Israel vote because I support Israel. Mm-hmm. But I'm just making a, a, a pledge. If it's not offset in this administration, that's the only good thing they have done is give us things that we can, no brainer to cut out to pay for some of the good things like Israel. But I just couldn't do it, and I'm um, going to continue it unless something, you know, unless we start having offsets, we could easily do. 
You nod me. That's my my cue to jump in. Yeah. Did you see that? That wasn't very subtle. Saw that. That was good. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> this is how it I, works. I, I think in the future I'm just going to go, Josh. <laughs> Your can turn. I nod, can I nod at Keith? Nod. Does it work for you? <laughs> Doesn't work for you. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to work for me. So let me no, ask I, this question. No, you gave it to me. No, it's my time. So you garden. I did notice that that you garden. Reviewing some of your, um, how many acres do you garden? Well, we've got, um, my gar- actual garden is a little over an acre, but it's real rich. It's bottom land. Right. And that's my hobby. I love doing it. Now, black bottom land? Yeah, it's black, black bottom, bottom land. land. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, uh, and, and, and that that's a first-class farmer, wrestler, you name it. <laughs> here, Just gentlemen. say hello to the camera. We're yeah, all, say hello to the camera, camera, Jim. Yeah, here. Jim is crashing here, our party. Take my chair and I'll slide to the side. <laughs> no, I will. So, jump in. <laughs> Sit down, Jim. Jump in. If you'll give him bring my me mic. A, give I'll him come that over mic. Here. Dang, I didn't know I was going to hang out with the like rock stars of comedy. Give him that no. mic because it's tied to the camera. We just hijacked him on his way out. Well, I can't take your spot. You're like one of the hosts. No, I, all I'm doing is asking questions because he, you know, uh, you're the like host. Puppet. No. Oh, okay. So now the three freshmen here are sitting in the presence of two of the heroes of the conservative movement in Congress right here. <laughs> I wouldn't classify myself. Jim's a hero, not Jim me. Jordan. Let me tell a quick story about Ralph. He, he's in a primary. This is, how many, how many years have you been? You've been here like 17, eight years? Two, yeah. I came in a special mid-2017. So Ralph's in this primary, and uh, all of a sudden, he, and he's doing fine, you know, and he's working hard, and he's raising some money, and everything's going well. And, and then he... Um, he tells people, he gets a question at a, at a forum, right? A candidate forum and about the Freedom Caucus. And he says, well, I like those guys. I think they're kind of fighting from doing what they said they're going to do, fighting for the things that we care about, the Constitution, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, just like matter of fact, because uh, he's just that kind of guy. And, uh, and then the establishment came after him. And I remember, I remember Ralph calls me. He goes, Jim. They're coming after me. And that's when we first started. I guess we can probably talk about this in this setting. That's when we, that's when we first like, started raising yeah. money for Ralph. And he got him, you know, I was learning politics. You don't have to have the most money. You just got to have enough. And we got him enough where he was able to win. And, of course, he's been a tremendous member fighting for freedom and constitutional principles ever since. But it was like, what happened, man? They, I mentioned the Freedom Caucus, and they came after me. You know, the, and yes, it's from groups you don't think. The Chamber of Commerce is a group that's supposedly for the business. Right. They've switched. Their board of directors is t- completely woke for that matter. But no, I had, and I was running against a guy, and nobody thought he was a, a popular solicitor. Uh, everybody thought he, I was going to win some, I was going to get beat. I was 18 points down when I started. He had done a good job, but I outworked him. But no, when that came up, that was a that was a godsend because people saw all this, the trial lawyers went after me, the, you know, just the chamber, all wow. the groups. And I called, and I didn't know Jim that. Uh, I just so heard of the Freedom Caucus. I didn't know anything about him. I said, look, if it's conservative, I'll join him. <laughs> then when I heard his name, I said, yeah, I've got to be in this. Mark Meadows. So they came down, and it was it was fun. Wow. The rest is history. You I didn't did. know what you were getting into, yeah, though. That's right. It was no, a great win. It was a great win. Well, I'm you, to, I'm you may have to go get, get something. Yeah, just, but just, thanks just for jumping in, up, Jim. Well, the speaker just called. The speaker's calling. Yeah, oh, you better take that phone call. Sorry, I didn't mean to crash, but it's great to see you guys. Great. Thank you, Jim. So... Now that he's gone, we can talk about him. <laughs> he came down for a fundraiser for me. And again, I didn't know Jim that well. But he he did a great job. If you research him, his wrestling record oh, is unbelievable. So there's a guy named John Smith in Oklahoma who is a Olympic gold medalist. And uh, I actually, in my 20s, worked with John Smith when I was at Oklahoma State University. 
um, cut a deal with him to, um, I, I trained horses at his place, a little ranch south of Stillwater. And John's deal with me was every now and then take my wrestlers out uh, to go, um, you know, horseback is, is part of their, you know, coming to Oklahoma, it's part of, you know, you see uh, cowboys. And I said, sure, happy to do that. He said, keep my fences up, you can use my place. So me and a buddy did that. So when, um, when uh, Jim heard I was running for Congress, he called John Smith. <clears throat> and what's astounding about this is John Smith was like so famous that um, I'll never forget sitting at Bull Nanza, which is a PBR event. And Adriano Marias, I went to this event with John Smith and a, and a buddy of mine, his dad, we're in the bucking shoots. And Adriano Marias is about to set the world record for, for uh, most consecutive bull rides. And John Smith, that's a pretty common name. Yeah. Standing there in the bucking shoots at the halftime show. Yeah. <laughs> standing there in the bucking shoots. <laughs> and Adriano Marais from Brazil introduces himself. He's because he's got some time to kill. He's doing this halftime show before he gets on this bull. And he says to him, Oh, you're that wrestler from like he knew from Brazil, this eight time Olympic gold medalist, uh, John Smith. Jim Jordan uh, beat John Smith. So when I found that out after wow. when Jim came in for me, found out that so the way I introduced him was yeah one of the only in Oklahoma John Smith is a legend in his wrestling at Oklahoma I've State heard of him. and Jim pinned John Smith. Wow, yeah. So well, Jim he's was, fit now. You can tell. Yeah. He's, so he's, speaking of wrestling, we right now we're dealing with we're wrestling with the FISA reauthorization. How did you like that segue? That's pretty, pretty <laughs> slick. So you have a chance to vote on the rule, or you already did have the rule vote mm -hmm. in, um, well, in tomorrow, too. For those that are not aware, you're in rules committee, which is a, you may not say this, but it's a powerful committee. Mm -hmm. um, it's a committee where when bills come, right before they come to the floor, you have, we have to decide what kind of rules uh, we make to whether to, how much time to debate, whether to allow amendments, what amendments to allow. So it's a very important committee. <clears throat> yeah, and it kind of happened by accident. We one of the things with Kevin McCarthy, we didn't want closed rules, meaning we wanted amendments. Let Pete, let the members of Congress decide what mm -hmm. they want in a bill. Open it, open the process up. And single subject amendments, uh, yeah. and we all fought for that and. Uh, Kevin, after it was over with, he got each one of us, and he said, well, you know, you're talking about rules. Why don't I put you on it? And I didn't know anything about rules. I never had looked at it, but it's a time-consuming. Most of our meetings, to, I fly in from, uh, from my home state. We spend four hours a day when I come in. Tomorrow, I'll go in at two. But it's the best thing I've ever done. You get to see all the le legislation. You get to hear there's unlimited debate on the amendments. Oh, okay. We get to ask questions. We're the linchpins. They put Chip Roy, Thomas Massey, and me. And then you had the others, Guy Rushenthaler. Wow. Uh, but and this is a result of the four-day standoff with the first, first, right. 20, or first four days of, of this last Congress. And that was part of the deal was coming to a conclusion was put some conservatives, wait the rules committee out, put some conservatives, you, Chip Roy, Thomas Massey, that weight is there so that you all uh, have the ability to to bring a stronger conservative perspective on the rules Well, committee. we just wanted, the Freedom Caucus, and y'all know this, has got some resentment on the other members because what? we're just not status quo. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to stand our ground and 
do common sense legislation. And part of that was wasn't specifically uh, the rules committee, although I'm glad they uh, McCarthy offered that up, but appropriations. You know, we got Michael Cloud, we got Andrew Clyde. Appropriations is where the you know who doles the money out. So we'll debate tomorrow the um, you know all the rules. I mean, all the different amendments on FISA, and that's where for your listeners, that's where the government has been spying on Americans. They did it on Donald Trump. They took information yep. from the dossier that was not uh, real. Didn't research it. It was just a baked in, uh, baked in hypocrisy, really. Fourth Amendment matters it says that uh, in order for people to be secure in their papers, houses, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures, um, they've got to have a warrant, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it. it uh, and yet uh, we think that uh, we can suspend those key parts of the Constitution, and uh, American people know better. Let me ask you this, Ralph. Why is a warrant not in the base bill that you're going to be hearing tomorrow? My understanding was it was too controversial. We had to start off with... Jim Jordan wanted the judicial rendition of the base bill. Of course, Intel, we all were there, I think, and heard both sides. Intel doesn't want the warrant. Intel is— Intel committee. Intel committee. Mike Turner's chairman. Jim Jordan's chairman of uh, uh, judiciary. And so Jordan was okay with that because it's kind of benign. It's the amendments like um, Chip Roy's bill. Uh, like Warren Davison's Protect the Fourth Amendment, like the warrant. And the warrant is really the linchpin, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's if you get the warrant where they can't— and what's shocking, 300,000 that we know of Americans that they spied on. Since 2017, 2018, since the last they reauthorization? They inappropriately spied on. But is that, is that, when we talk about that, that those, those hundreds of thousands that have been had their private information accessed— do we know the timetable on that? Is it is it 2017? I date? don't know the when those numbers were compiled. No, it wasn't. I mean, this was as a result of 9-11. And that's when FISA was really mm-hmm. formed. And they Under the Patriot Act. Under the Patriot Act, Patriot Act. So I don't know where they got those numbers. All I know is what's scary about, let's say if it's cut in half, what are the where are the the queries on Americans that we don't know about? That mm-hmm. The the FBI, which is totally yeah, off well, the you know the irony is the Patriot Act was supposed to be designed to to stop and, and to spy on foreign foreigners, yeah. to- terrorists and, and terrorist activities, <clears throat> you know, and that's why the FISA is, is Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, but yet it's been used to spy on. I mean, the Patriot Act is really being used to spy on patriots, mm-hmm. to spy on Americans. And uh, in a connect the dot type atmosphere where right. I said hello to someone who's a foreign national, and now I get to be spied upon. Well, that's under 702, but w- w- there is real belief that it's used, as Eric is talking, not just tangentially, but uh, in, in the first tier uh, inquiry. It's gotten political. So, yeah. so, what they say is that we're not spying on Josh, we're not reading Josh Burkine's emails. What we're, what's happening is if Josh is sending emails to a terrorist, a foreign terrorist, then we know that Josh's name shows up on that terrorist's email list. And then we can, what they do is they take your name and they search through further data to see if you've been communicating with other terrorists. And at the end of the day, you're an American citizen. And now they're doing a search on you. And, 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 uh, 
that, in my opinion, what many people in the Judiciary Committee believe is should require a warrant. What's so wrong with going to a judge and saying, we want... But here's what they're not telling you, is that in today's technology, in today's world, is that you're likely caught up in emails with people that are, that are foreign, you know, bad actors because of the bulk uh, messaging that occurs. Maybe you were on a Reddit forum and the person that you're communicating with, you don't know that they're right. who they are. But now all of a sudden you're caught up into an investigation and, and they have the right to look for you. But even th with that in mind, they still have all these very egregious abuses of FISA where they were searching their ex-lovers and, <clears throat> and, um, and other people that they had no, even elected officials or donors to elected officials. Well, we've got way too many FBI agents that can make queries today. They're going to cut out 90% of it, I hope, is what we were told uh, from the committees. Uh, and I look forward to seeing that in the bill. But what's scary, Keith, is the fact that you can be in a Starbucks or a, uh, you know, a restaurant and they're hearing everything you say. That's scary that they're using that power to, that's not what government's for. And I mentioned today at the press conference, you know, the other scary thing is to be able to, to have a government that allows a spy balloon to go over this country, mm -hmm. which in my area was over a Duke power company, the grid. And then to find out that from a general it landed in salt water so that we couldn't recover, couldn't find the salt water deteriorated the, the mechanics. Mm -hmm. That's, we've, we're, we're in a dangerous position right now. Yeah. Well, there's going to be amendments that are that are brought forward on this bill as it comes to the floor, and what I think is going to be good for the American people, as you as we talked about, is that they're going to get to see how their members vote. They're going to get to see did my members support requiring a warrant before they search my information, you know, right? And so, did my members support prohibiting the federal government from purchasing data about me? off of the market, marketplace, which is, you know, basically um, a Warren Davidson's amendment, but it's called the, um, the Fourth Amendment is not for sale uh, amendment, which is, a, in my opinion, is great. And it's, it's going to be good that we get people on record with that. Yeah, and the Democrats in the Rules Committee vote against everything we, we do. There's a, there's a feeling among the Democrats that just, we're on two different planets. Uh, that's why it's so important for, us to have a good, solid, uh, conservative base on Rules Committee. As much time as it takes, it's very well worth it. This is where it all starts. And plus you get to see all the amendments, what's, what's involved with it, what's good about it, what's not, and to you know, go back and forth with the different Democrat side and Republican side. So since Jim came in a while ago, I was asking you um, about your acre of, yeah. of uh, gardening. Now, I've done an acre. And for those that uh, have never uh, gardened to that level, that's a lot of work. Did you notice how he said that we keep our 17 grandchildren working? Acre, uh, is that, is that, is that part of the work is project, huge. is them in the garden? Yeah, we work them. We do. <laughs> they have, you know, when they get old enough, they, uh, they're on a tractor. That's great. They're picking tomatoes. That's they're they're, plant, they're wow. weeding. If you really want to get a um, discipline of a child, put yeah. them down there weeding. And put yeah. them down there hoeing uh Oh, yeah. Fertilizer. I mean, it's just fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. And you give some of the produce away? Yeah, I go through a neighborhood and 
I've given, I plant way more. I'll plant 30 tomato plants. Each tomato plant will produce uh, 20 tomatoes, big tomatoes, each plant. Yeah. Now, they come in at different times. <laughs> but I'll go out and give them corn. You know, I, I just love doing that. You, you've, an acre, people say, ah, oh, acre's not that big. It's, it's big. Row after row. My, my parents, 20, 20-something years ago, had a faith-based alcohol rehab type program. And that they started a faith-based program, and and right after college, I came home to help with it, and they decided they were going to do an acre. So I got involved helping with this acre, and the guys that were part of the program there. Oh my gosh, filling feed, uh, cattle feed sacks uh, full of okra, and just sit there and rock because you had so much produce, you couldn't really give it give it all away. Well, it was uh, a spiritual part of this too. Yeah. You show, and I, 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 we, I go from the seed, but you showed me, and I ask all the grandchildren, how does a seed lie dormant? You can keep seed for up to one or two years. All of a sudden, the minute you put it in the ground, comes forward and produces fruit. That's a miracle. Yeah, you bet. In and of itself, uh, a finite—I mean, a, a seed—and I have them hold it, and it's they kind of gives them a base. Mm -hmm. mm. Gardening. <laughs> so this week, the other thing that, that the other big thing that happened is we just impeached Mayorkas. Yay! So we it needed to happen. You know, it needed to happen. Um, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm glad that we did it, but I'm also remiss because we, this guy is just a stooge. Do you see him on Meet the Press? Do you see his commentary? You, this is so telling. He was asked, um, you know, he was given all his rebuttal as to what he's done and how he's tried to stem the tide. And she said, well, you know, couldn't you have done more? And his response was, um, well, it's not as if we've done nothing. That was his response to that question <laughs> on Meet the Press. It's yeah. not as if, because he knows the perception of the American people is. I mean, this was a softball type interview. He knows the perception of the American people is. He's done everything but try to secure that order, a border, that he's been purposeful. I couldn't believe that answer. Um, well, as good as it felt to impeach Mayorkas, uh, we've got another serious bill coming up, maybe. And I hope the the speaker holds firm that we will not take it up, but the Senate passed a bill that we should not take up. Mm -hmm. uh, I say all the time that the Democrats will sell their grandmother for Ukraine funding. Uh, yeah. But uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, we took the most important domestic issue out of that bill, the border, the southern border, and now how tone deaf is that to pass a bill that's got Ukraine uh, funding in it without the border. How tone deaf is that? That yeah. uh, just boggles my mind uh, that the Senate would do that. Mm -hmm. And again, I hope the, the uh, speaker stands firm on his decision not to bring it to the floor. Yeah. Keith, we just heard J.D. Vance, Senator Vance, talk about this is Mitch McConnell's linchpin. He's got to have this. This is how he wants to go out. And he will do anything, yeah. anything. And he talked about how all of us will get. Mitch evidently has ties with the mega donors that support projects all over the country. They're going to get um, all of us going to get pressure from them. And every Democrat. That's why a discharge petition is probably on the table. Do we have time for him to explain discharge petition for yeah, the wrap up? Yeah. So Ralph will explain that. So the speaker came out to Keith's point a couple, I guess last night, and said the $95 billion aid package that includes $60 billion for Ukraine. And if you do the math, that could actually finish our border. That actually could build the, the physical border, 1,200 miles of physical border. Um, that could, that, that's, that's real money. 
um, but yet wanting to give it to Ukraine. The speaker came out and said, we're not going to do that. It's not going to go on the floor. He controls, along with Leader Scalise, what gets put on the floor for a vote. The way that they can get around that, the Democrats in solidarity plus a few Republicans can put forth, put their name on a petition, get to 217, 218 votes, and force go, over, go around the speaker. What's the, what's the, in times past, the speaker has always had the ability to, to say to their own party, this would take a few Republicans to join with these Democrats to do this. The speaker's had the ability to, sit, to go to those people and say, look, you are undermining the ability of our, our majority. What do you think is going to happen on that front? Well, you got 212 Democrats, you have 221 now Republicans. Uh, you have to get to 218. And... They will be. We. What's different today is we've got such a small majority. In the past, we've had far greater than that, and you've got a lot of different uh, views and people with different motives now. So the only thing that we talked talked about was how to stop that, and we just got to keep it front and center stage on why we're doing it. I mean that Ukraine uh, package. And we found out tonight that it's got a kill switch provision in that, right. which will allow the next president, to, if it's not funded through 25, forces funding for Ukraine, impeach grounds for impeachment for Trump or Haley, whoever. Because congressional law will say the funding goes to 25, and let's say right. Trump gets in and says, no, we're not doing that. that, then they can claim you're not falling for And they will. That's what was came, came across pretty clear tonight. But under the discharge petition, there are ways for the speaker to slow it down. So even if it passes, he's got uh, techniques that he can use to make sure. And it's not immediate. You get seven a, days or at so. At least seven days. And he can drag that out. So right. this is this will be Could a they, heavyweight fight. And they can only do it on certain days, right? Certain days of the week. Mm -hmm. I forget the days, but it's, it's it can be done if they work it hard enough. But typically... In the past, it's been hard to get a, a, a discharge petition right. against the ones in power. Yeah, well, and at the end of the day, if, they, if somebody decides to do that, if they decide to join with the Democrats, that's on, that's in some regards, that's on them. Like their future, their, their future is set at yeah. that point. Well, and you look at part of that bill that, uh, you know, funds, if, if, if you break the math out, $300 million for a border wall in Ukraine, uh, 9 billion for, for humanitarian aid for going humanitarian, to, to Gaza. In, yeah, in Gaza. Explain that to me. The, the question is, how, how do you know it's not going to fall in Hamas' hands? That's right. How do you know that 9 it billion will. Will. will not go into those who hate Israel? By nature, <laughs> Hamas controls Gaza. Gaza. So by na very, its very nature, they would be the ones t controlling they've where been, the money went. They've been doing it ever since. They took power. That's mm -hmm. what they do. And get get this. you got a president that's buying oil from the... the uh, OPEC countries who hate America. That so it's definitely going into Hamas, Hezbollah. The so the Senate Democrats, of course, driving the train as much as anything. Uh, you got a few, like, I think, twenty-two Republicans joined with them. Uh, Twenty-six Republicans voted against this ninety-five billion dollar package. But to that nine billion that would go to humanitarian aid. I mean, just look at where the the Democrat Party is. In part, there are some who stand with Israel. Then you've got a large component who are standing with Palestine and the Palestinian uh, Authority. And and uh, so for those who help craft that on the Senate side, to think that that $9 billion is not intended to uh, 
be fully controlled by Israel and Israel designed to to stamp out the murderer in the backyard, you'd have to be um, naive. Even greater than that, we don't have the money. It's borrowed money. Yeah. We keep talking about fiscal conservatism. Yeah. There is no pot of money. It's borrowed. Well, and, and these wars are expensive. Wait till we have Reconstruction, right? History sh tells that yeah. the Reconstruction yeah, effort is plan. much more yeah. expensive than than the war. And with that exciting news, <laughs> Ralph, thank you for That's, joining us. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for being a conservative warrior and kind of a mentor to us. And thank you for joining us. Um, thank you to our amazing listeners. If you enjoyed the banter and the bold ideas, show us some love. Hit that like button, subscribe for your regular dose of freedom, and share it. Fresh Freedom Podcast is your ticket to liberty. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, X, and Rumble. Make sure that you're on board. Until next time, stay fresh and stay free. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Fresh Freedom Podcast. Mm -hmm.